So thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Yeah. What are you guys doing in Berlin? You're supposed to be here in lockdown with us. Um, so Karim lives in Berlin. I live here. So this, this is where he was born. I was born here, grew up here, and I had to deal with uh, some familial issues. So yeah. I had to be here. Yeah, so I, I am based in Norway at the moment. I'm doing a master's program in Norway. And so Karim was experiencing familial issues and was like, yo, homie, I need you to come and hold space with me for like nine days. And I came for like nine days and the nine days extended because flights just stopped going up. It was in a matter of a week, our lives just <laughs> changed. Yeah. And our fates were uh, like made for us. So yeah. I'm, I was here visiting him to come and support and hold space. And now that's just turned into an extension of our creationship now. Yeah. It seems like things happen very spur of the moment for you two, because I mean, legend has it, you guys had only met for two weeks before you decided we're going to be a group. Yeah. 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 And now you had decided to go visit for nine days and <laughs> now you're starting. So are there yeah. things that you guys are learning about each other that you're like, I don't know if I want to stick around for nine more days. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, it's like this. Yeah. Well, it's like, like, like creating space and then life doing this. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the, I don't know. There's like a pool almost. Yeah. yeah. There is, there is a pool. And, um, <laughs> This has to be a written interview. How how is she gonna how is she gonna write this? Claps his hands. I will explain to the podcast listeners as well that that was when Karim was hitting his hands together to signify the smashing together that the universe has basically conspired to have happen. Right. That's yes. that's essentially what it is. You put it so brilliantly. I mean, um, almost like I'm a writer or something. <laughs> you'd swear, you'd swear. Yeah, so, doing that. <laughs> so your your first single from this debut album was Mother Time, right? And I think for people who live in what is a Western gaze, right, in this English world. They think, no, isn't it father time, right? Uh -huh. And it seems to be like this subverting of what is the norm and also what is a gender norm. So did the title come first or did you guys make the song and then go, ah, it should be called Mother Time? Like, uh, I was super, when I wrote that, it, it was, I drew a lot of inspiration from Indaba, my children, and Credo Mutua talks about Mother Time, who then evolves into a queen of music. Oh. And it's Credo Mutua, actually, who talks about the nothingness far worse than nothing. And so he, he, this masculine figure, inspired, or like honors, this mother of time, this, goddess this mm. creator of life so i was just also honoring the mythologies that celebrate feminine energy and i've never heard of father time i've heard of father god and lord but 
not subscribing to that world at all. Never have. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, about the mother time for sure. Yeah. I think father time even has like an hourglass and like some other but- women. It's just like it's just like what father has an hourglass shape? There's no hourglass. Oh no, no, not not his body. His body. I know. I know. I'm just being silly. I'm just being silly. (laughs) Although that would be interesting. There are men with hips and you know an hourglass shape. So, (laughs) but then I think then that's somewhat of like a fit a femme father time. That's like a balanced human who's like part feminine part masculine and i that's think that's i'm just i'm just like <laughs> the spitballing here please don't quote me or really well because <laughs> this is going to be shared <laughs> um i didn't know that that was your inspiration and one of the things i jotted down was about the distinction between the nothingness and the nothing because it mm. seemed like they are distinct. Am I correct in saying that? A nothingness far worse than nothing. It's like the nothing that you think you see before you, just like, you know, darkness has so much life beyond it. If you go deeper, then the nothing becomes a nothingness, I guess. I guess it's like black and then blackness or all the sorts of nisses that we're trying to negotiate and understand in this in this earthly experience yeah so then where does the the song come from like how does it come to you like what's what's my songwriting process this particular song this particular song um i guess it came from writing and expanding on Credo's words, getting inspired by Credo's intention, which is also some sort of like um, reflection of ancestral experiences in a way. I, I feel like he opens up a portal in his words and in his work for me to engage with the histories of my ancestors in a way. And so I just, it's like a connection to that portal. And then I come to Karim and then I'm like, hey, can I share these words with you? And then he's like, yeah, can I share these sonic beds with you? And then he makes it. And then we just like, we just, then the song is born like that. And there's so many different versions of this particular song that we've done and we still continue to do. So it's never the way it is on the album. Yeah. So it's a little like. Again, again, the clap happens. The clap returns. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that sounds so wrong. But <laughs> the claps, the claps, the, the ancestral claps. At yeah. The, at the so, for people who don't understand Iskosa, what is Yogo Yogo? It's like um, golden. It's it's embellishments. It's inheritance. It's. Um, it's like it's like looking it's about looking beautiful so yogo yogo it's like i'm i'm adorned in embellishments i'm adorned in goodness but at the same time it's like dragging me down it's heavy like oh yeah yeah that's so hectic it okay. is and it's like a it's like a yeah it is 
It is hectic. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, okay, so the reason I'm asking you about that, because I always find it interesting how I, as a listener, think about the songs according to how the language changes, if at all. Mm -hmm. So initially, um, the idea of mother time for me was like this creator who demands to be heard. But then mm -hmm. like the lines are kind of blurred because you change the language. And mm -hmm. then when you sing Ndinjenje Mumama, it almost feels like, like the creator time and the human mother mm -hmm. are conspiring together. I know that's very convoluted, but do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do definitely believe in Mother God and the creator of our lives. I mean, I guess like they collaborate with your dad, but um, <laughs> the, <laughs> this holder of you, the being who holds you and nourishes you and makes sure that you enter this world alive is your mother. And there is definitely like a, a God creator energy that a mother cultivates you know when you when you're growing in them and continues to um to to honor in in her life as she raises you as she protects you as you know she's she's tied to you mm. and so there's definitely this honoring of the weight of um mothering yeah. And honoring the omnipotence of being a mother in the same way, like a God, a God yeah. creates life. Yeah. Do you think about language in the way that I've just described, like how things can be interpreted in a much deeper way um, just because you changed the language? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think words are just. Um, they're just like points and it hits your ear, but that you have a whole other process that connects your ear, what you hear to your subconscious mind and feeding your conscious sort of reaction or response to what's being said. So I, I really believe that the words that are presented are always going to be open to interpretation as you and you as, and the, as the listener can go wherever you're called to go when you when you hear that so yeah, yeah there's there's always many things happening at the same time yeah um, for me when i'm writing for me when i'm as a listener too what do you think um i i think i mean uh i think the the the, the changing of languages definitely opens different access points for different people at different times yeah. Uh, it also speaks to uh, particularly you to Gubu's um, um, heritage and like just the way she com commutes, communicates, Communes, yeah, communes, and um, commutes, all of them, all the comms. And I think languages also inherently um, bring out different aspects of humanness or uh, different aspects of existence. Just in like I think the f like different languages focus on different things differently. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you speak a different language, you become a different person almost mm, mm, slightly. Yeah. Like yeah, your character, changes. your character like is accentuated differently. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. think differently. 
So yeah. Yeah, I want to um, go back to something that Gugu said about um, the the creationship. Um, so she comes with these words, and then you add all the sounds, right? So when she comes to you with the words, particularly on this album, was there a soundscape that you were like, I don't know what to do with those words? A soundscape that reflects the I don't know what to do with these words. No. So when she came with when she came with the words to you, yeah. was yeah, there yeah. a time you thought I don't know what to do with these words, and then the song came to you? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't I, I don't recall feeling particularly stuck. I mean, there was a song, Uveni was a bit mm. hard on us but i don't um, that particular question was like were the words that the words feel like too challenging or what's or what do you mean by like these words coming to me and me not being able to i think it's like it's been more like how how it usually happens is maybe i've got these uh narratives written down and then I arrive and we're having an improv and then I'll try fit words in. So not every, not every process is like, oh, Karim, I've got a poem. Let's try and make words for it. Sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to have a jam session and then I'm going to try and slip words and chants into whatever we create from that moment. Because mm -hmm. when we improvise, it's like based on the day and based on where our energy's at and based on what we've been listening to. There's like many things that yeah. create the, that inform the sonic beds. And so sometimes it'll be me doing a chant, looping a chant, and then we build off of that. Or sometimes Kareem is like uh, making, uh, he's playing a drum, he makes a drum loop or he makes a guitar loop or, you know, I make an Oadi loop maybe. So it's being born out of different places. And then I kind of have to slot the words in, mm. slot words into whatever we make. Mm. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, this just this should just stay a written poem. I'm not yeah. gonna not gonna sing this. And other times, like in Mother Term, I mean, there is a part that yeah. remained being a poem. Yeah, but yeah. I think I mean I think there there are two main approaches that crystallize somehow. Um, I I think there's this one one approach that that quite often comes with the wadi, uh, where where Google will come play a pattern and have a melody in mind already, or or words and a melody. So it's mm. kind of a complete song already. Mm. Like there's yeah. the rhythm, there's the harmony in the bass line of the bow, and there is the the the, the, the singing voice, the lead vocals, and uh, the words. Mm. And then sometimes it's really yeah, it just develops out of uh, yeah me playing around with mm. sounds, and mm. then um, Google finding the find finding access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you were saying um, there was a song that was a little bit challenging. I think you said it was Uveni. Yeah, yeah Uveni, yeah. So why but, was it challenging? Because we had so many different versions of yeah. it and it was so hard, yeah. We had so many different versions of it and sometimes the Oadi tuning was different to the way we'd rehearsed it or, or like played it before. So now it's like, whoa, I'm harmonizing it differently to when I did it before. And so the guitar's doing something different and then it surprises us and we're just like, whoa, this is new. Which usually isn't a problem with yeah. songs because it usually happens with most things, but with Uveni somehow, I think because it's such a clear song in a sense, mm -hmm. like I think it's like, you know, it's very, easily placeable 
like yeah. within Kosa, like mm, mm. Uh, you know, song song heritage, um, like the harmonies and the way you know, uh, and so for me, it's kind of always been like either it felt too much, too like traditional. in that tradition, or like too out there, and like that didn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, didn't honor the song between character. Yeah. 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 So then can you, can you guys call yourselves a duo? Because it sounds to me like there's the two of you and then there's wherever the instruments want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes we just bits. Yeah. What did you say? I said the instruments are then part of the band. Like they yeah. are their own entity. Yeah, they are somehow. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think the loops themselves, like the machines also, like, because sometimes like, like, during performances or even in recordings, uh, misunderstandings happen or like, not misunderstandings, but things just happen. Like, uh, um, I happen to loop Gugu in a place where maybe she didn't necessarily want to be looped or, or she wants to be looped and then it doesn't happen and then it happens later. Yeah. Or, or like I'm picking up an instrument because there's a variety of instruments and it's maybe slightly out of tune or like, or the bow is in a different tuning and then we just make do with it and then obviously it's somehow everything just changes so then you're no longer a nomadic future folk duo you are a group that's it <laughs> yeah it's so funny <laughs> we were talking about this the other day and like we were just reconfiguring things and just being like, hey, where are we now as artists? Where are we now as Dumama and Kishu? And, you know, looking at the roles we've both occupied in this project this far. And Karim was like, yeah, it's different because, you know, usually you'd be a singer-songwriter and then you would go to a band mm. and you would, the band would have parts. And if your bassist can't come to a specific gig, you can always just get another bassist. But this is not like, oh, I've got instrumentalists. I've got lots of instruments. Like I have a band, but like yeah. I, my band is one person. Yeah. And it's like, it's not really replaceable, the sounds that come out of there um, and the energy that's, that comes out of what we do together. Yeah. Um, I'm going to piggyback on the energy thing because I feel like with your album more than with most albums that I've listened to this year, I've just been... I guess, driven by the energy of the songs, even beyond the lyrics of the song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about um, where mother time feels personal, like even if it's the divine mother, it feels like a personal connection. A song like Where's He Walking Mama feels like a collective, uh, a collective lens on the mother of the nation. Mm -hmm. Is that making sense? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. So is is that what the intention behind the song was? Um it's hard to say. I like that song I, there's been so many versions of it. I wrote it first with my sister who plays the piano mm -hmm. and we were just like messing around with her like as a duo like years ago, like maybe 5 6 years ago. And at the time, it was just because we were surrounded by single mothers who were um, essentially carrying babies on, on their backs alone and doing the most. We were 
completely taken by that. Our grandmothers were also single mothers. And so it does become personal, but it also becomes about just motherhood in the context of South Africa and what like absent the legacy left behind by absent fathers and what that does. And sometimes it's like maternal energy taking care of uh, children that they haven't even birthed, but that that maternalness is just responsible and feels like, you know, I'm walking this endless road. I don't know when it ends, but this being on my back needs to be taken care of. And it's also definitely then, you know, as time moved on, I started to come into contact with more and more examples like this. And of course, um, Umar death and all of the revelations that happened about her presence and the erasure of her power mm. and really what she was carrying, you know, feeds into that. So the intention is always evolving, I think. And, yeah. every, and people's interpretations and what's happening socioculturally and psycho-spiritually feeds into that intention and it becomes a collective intention then, I think. Yeah. I also like the way that you use the tone of your voice um, mm-hmm. on that song in particular because the way that you sing the lyrics, to me anyway, sounds mm-hmm. like someone who is tired. Like, they're not going to stop, but they're tired and, you know, they feel like they're going to give up. Um, And then adding the Mama Winnie's speech about fainting in interrogation, and that was the only relief that she would have, Mm. almost feels like the other side of the coin. Like, Mm. you feel like you're going to give up, but here's the subliminal message that you shouldn't. Mm. What was Mm. the reason behind adding the speech? Um, it just felt, it just made a lot of sense. It just felt like, yeah, you're right. I am tired. I think, are you, do you feel tired? Do you feel tired as a black creative woman? Um, you know, with responsibilities and sixth and seventh and eighth senses and, you know, generational baggage that you're still trying to sift through and dreams you don't understand and you know, for like forced to be compassionate about things and feeling silenced. And I mean, all of these things are exhausting to live in these bodies that we live in, I think. Um, and then it, or it, what some may perceive as torturous um, or yeah, because that was like a torturous to keep her awake. She'd faint and then they'd splash her with water and she'd wake up again. But that fainting for her, this thing of just like, I can't take it anymore, that that giving up becomes a moment of rest to continue to fight again. So it's like honoring her strength, but looking at like how rest looks differently, looks different based on the bodies you occupy. And freedom means different things in the bodies we occupy and based on the bodies we occupy and our histories and how we identify and how we are being identified. Yeah. What does the the Wesi in the title refer to? What it's a the- game we used to play as kids. Wesi, wema, gumshen, wesi, wema, gumshen. And that's so the in the beginning of the song. Yeah, so like there's this, this game. Um, I don't know, the stocking game. I don't know if you guys ever, you know, this, this, this like jumping in and out of the stocking, similar oh, to skipping. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. 
so um that is like a glimpse into childhood and it's a short-lived childhood as well that i think you i mean at least i feel like i had um and i feel a lot of women in my circle resonate with and they've reflected that to me too of just this idea of like you're you're born you leave the prison Mm. and then you have a childhood that's really short-lived and then you have to become a woman and you have to just be strong and you have to start walking and have to start walking this path of like femininity in the patriarchal white supremacist world yeah, I like that you mentioned the prison there because um, I listened to the album before I read all the notes and for me, only certain parts said prison. But maybe, Karim, you can um, unpack the narrative of the entire album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> what I'm reading is that it's supposed to be an actual story with a character that leaves prison and then things happen, right? Yeah, but I think it's not a narrow story yeah. in that, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a timeline and the character evolves and grows like a person growing up. And, you know, I think, I think, I think there are many different ways of understanding. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think maybe you can, like what Google just did, you can, I think you can somehow say you know maybe i'm maybe i'm born and then i live a a short-lived childhood and then i have to become this adult very quickly and have to take on responsibilities that that shouldn't yet be mine and carry all that you know um but i think they are at the same time it's like it's like i mean you don't have to 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 necessarily for instance feel like the prison is your birth your birth um uh, moment of birth is you coming out of this prison it, it could also um the prison signif- can signify various things yeah. and i think the okay what i'm trying to get to is that uh i think the storyline of the whole album is very broad in a sense like i think and i remember when google was trying to write it down write it out as like a <laughs> cohesive storyline how much work that was and how much like um having to like con concise no con yeah con- condense it or condense. something into like rational thought it lives yeah. outside of speculative time mm. yeah and honestly i mean yeah i think if if anyone can find oh i think everyone can find interpretations but if anyone should be asked about the narrative of the album it's probably google more than me <laughs> to be very honest because it's 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 quite it's quite broad and um multifaceted. multifaceted and it speaks to realities that i don't necessarily you know i mean i think in parts as a human and as someone who's sensitive you know you can engage with these things but it's not necessarily your reality but you observe it i observe it yeah. and i learn from it and i grow with it but um yeah you know it's not my story to to to, to tell or to yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But you I don't know. I feel like I'm shying away from the question, but it really feels a bit like uh, how do you interpret it? How do you I haven't actually <coughs> ever had this conversation with you, so I like this. Like how is <laughs> like how do you <laughs> how do you interpret the story? The whole album story. 
yeah how do you interpret this woman becoming liberated i mean i mean there is like a there's a there's a there's this constant under underlying um tension of of the struggle against this ominous uh say patriarchal energy like not yeah i'm struggling to say male per se but like i think this the systemic weight mm. um and it comes out in different moments um and even with like for instance this these snippets from i think they're these snippets from the parliament mm. in 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 dhaka in dhaka um even though it's it's a woman speaking it's also like it's like these these energy mashups of like on the one hand you represent femininity and the softness and the bringing things to life and and caring for community and so on but on the, on the other hand because of the harshness of the world you take on a lot of say masculine attributes and more like hard and like you know you take on many of those rules that were imposed onto you mm. because you have to in order to to attain certain positions or in order to be heard and seen and then you kind of regurgitate that and then you despise yourself for doing that mm. and then it's like i don't know there's so many different layers and i can't actually and that's why i never did and i think I, i'll never be able to say in a couple of sentences what this album is yeah. and i think it's great that you can and but i've seen the process it's been a lot of work for you too yeah and i'm just yeah a life man <laughs> my life oh it's <laughs> like also i think some things to be said like there's the there's a conscious mind that's super limited and yeah. then there's a subconscious mind that's so complex and it's webs and it's weaves and it's like it's just timeless and i think that you interpret the messaging subconsciously in a very sensitive and supportive way just by virtue of how you listen and how you respond sonically mm-hmm. and so there's like also that conversation is definitely happening and informing how the narrative is being delivered and how it's being heard yeah and and, and i mean it's like I work with you as my friend and as someone that I engage with on a daily basis and um someone that I learn from a lot and mm. that that I share with a lot so yeah when you come with with an idea or an energy quite often I think it's energetic things mm. um it's quite easy for me to pick it up and to um uh, transform it into sonic mm landscapes mm. that mm. that yeah. your stories can live in mm. somehow yeah yeah you're a page you're my page <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know we're going to run out of time so um i just want to get the last few questions out um and staying with this idea of a prison right the mm. the album opens with a very popular struggle song mhm but with a different take on it mm-hmm. and it it reminds me of what you were saying when you were talking about mama wini and erasure mm-hmm. because usually when that song unongong is sung it mentions men who were in the struggle 
and you don't mention one man. Instead, mm. you mention uh, Mamwini, Mama Makeba, Mama Sisulu, and Mambusi Mtong. Mm. Mm. And all of those people were super powerhouses mm. who, I guess, lived long enough to be erased. Mm. So my question is then, do you have a plan of how you are going to ensure that your music still lives on and you are not erased as a woman who created that music? Um, do I have a plan? <laughs> Does it I'm even like, matter to you? I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about like what's next. And I'm really happy that the finger is there as yeah. a portal and as an archive for anyone wanting to engage with what was happening in South Africa in 2019, 2020. Um, people can hear this message that is as collective as it is personal. Um, my plan is to just keep making music and keep processing my individual experiences and keep trying keep learning keep also honoring lives of the women who've done so so much for me to be able to be here and you know feel like I have access and I have a voice and that I'm being listened to yeah I mean uh, I almost feel like, you know, maybe in a sense, if as a person you decide to speak on certain topics mm. and you decide and commit and you put the work in to create um, um, product is not a, to create an offering that that is cohesive, that is, that makes, that gives people access to certain points of view and, and realities, um, maybe you already did your duty. Like maybe you don't have to, on top of that, ensure that that product or that offering on yeah. your presence won't be erased. I think that's up to the people that yeah. receive it because it's already so much work and so much commitment yeah. and such a big, um, yeah, offering such a big gift. And that I almost feel like it's it's quite a lot to ask of a person to, not from you per se, but like, you know, yeah. as a concept to like, you know, like live through all that, then make sense of it, then go back into it to, to create, create, uh, create from it. Um, then put that in cohesive form, then find a way to put that out to the people. And then on top of that, find a ways that that can't be taken from you or erased. It's like, yeah, At some point you have to let go, I think, and yeah. say it's up to the people and to, to society to either support and, 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 and grow from these things or to put them under the carpet. Yeah. If they decide to put it under the carpet, then that's that. Yeah, Somewhere. exactly. And it lived now and it did what it needed to do now and it touched hearts now and it moved people now. I mean, I'm, I'm a human who's... like like all humans ha has FOMO sometimes, has like phobia sometimes, fear of being irrelevant to myself, you yeah. know, to my communities. 
Like I really I'm hearing of phobia. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I came into contact with it recently and I was like, this is interesting. It's like, yeah, FOMO is now becoming phobia. And that's why everyone just wants to like share, share, share and be omnipresent on all the platforms and be heard and be true to themselves and be recognized for being true to themselves. All of these very like human identity identifiers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with what Karim said. I think it's lived now, it's touched people now, it's done its work now. And if in 25, 30 years, you know, I've been erased from the archives, you know, maybe, maybe I was just for the time, but also maybe there's someone who will discover me again later and I'll do something for them. Yeah. Either way, mother time's got it. Yeah, Mother Time's got my back like chiroprac, man. Like, <laughs> All right, last question. So when people think about Juju, I think they're going to obviously think about West Africa, spiritual yeah. beliefs, you know? Yeah. And then when they think buffering, it's going to be like, so the spinning wheel of death, like, you know, something that hasn't yet been in completion, how do these two things that's the term for that's like the rainbow the, the, the rainbow wheel spinning wheel of death yeah <laughs> <laughs> so intense. you guys gave me phobia i gave you spinning wheel of death <laughs> wow um so how do the two come together why is this album called buffering juju it's such a simple thing we didn't know how to name the album we were like this is a nameless being we called we we wanted to call it open ended and unfixed and everyone was like shut up <laughs> so we were like we just couldn't give but it's it still the name. in there though yeah open ended okay. and unfixed is there it's still in the name even um it's like an an endlessness is an endlessness yeah and it's like things are in a process of loading of mm. growing of constantly yeah it's buffering it's constantly buffering. you never reach the 100 100 percent yeah mm. and it's like God, it's it's oscillating because you're yeah also because you your your access to the to the, the the thing is constantly growing so you know like your aspirations constantly keep mm. um uh, like making headway yeah so so even when you reach your 100 percent your last week's 100 percent you know there'll be another yeah. 15 on top now or whatever and, and, and yeah and i think and the juju and, uh, and the juju um so um i have a this friend of mine dudu and i'm google and so it only makes sense but um so <laughs> dudu and i have been <laughs> sisters <laughs> and collaborators and we're all like a commune a commune and she was watching a film and she was struggling to get it to buffer fully and then like uh, the person she was watching was just press play and it worked and she was like oh my god you've got buffering juju how did you make that happen and then she and then she told me that concept and I was like mm. there's the name yo because we're also working with ancient technologies, ancient spiritual technologies of sound, of spoken word, of creating portals. Yeah. And working with ancient instruments in ancient instruments in the orchestra and technological um, glitchy uh, 
um, technology, yeah, technological glitchy elements. And so it just felt like buffering juju was like a, the ancient and the new new. Collision. Yeah, that collision. I like I that felt- story better. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I can relate to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dumama and Keshu, thank you so much for hanging out with me. It has been an absolute pleasure for me to unpack your new album. Yeah, thank Thanks. you for having us. This was yeah. really intense and fun. Yeah. It was both of, yeah, big questions. <laughs> like we we yeah, we don't like to think a lot. We like to feel. And we like to just like express and improvise and dance and make music. But like, it's nice to, you know, have the space to reflect on it in this way. Yeah. Bring a, a microphone, a cone-shaped microphone in, in our... No, no, the, 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 this glass that opens, magnifying glass. Oh, magnifying glass. Ah. Yeah. Also the what that was. Wearing. Yes. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I'd appreciate some ice cream too the next time I see you. So... I will Virtu- see- yeah, we will see each other. We will see I will each see other. You Virtual again. ice cream to you and hugs. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> so much for chatting with me and I will see you soon. See you soon. Take care. Looking forward to see what you make of this. Bye-bye. I hope to see what I make of this too. I don't know yet. We're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. And one, wait, one, question, one more question for you. Are you... How, what's your plan to make sure that your voice doesn't get erased as a creator of narratives and, an, and a walking archive? You know what? Like, that's been such a huge boulder for me because I've seen it happen with all the women that came before me, all the amazing music journalists that I look up to that no one remembers anymore. And those people aren't dead. Like, they weren't alive in the 50s. They were, like, writing in 2001 you know? Um, So I've been trying to figure out like, how do I make sure that the work stays and that I stay and all of that. But what you guys were saying made me feel like, oh, so maybe I'm adding an extra burden, like the burden of being black, the burden of being a black woman, a black woman creative. And now also I have to reteach people that I am important. So the short answer is I don't know anymore. (laughs) And that's okay. That is fine. Yeah. You're doing what you're doing now, and that's more than enough. Yeah. Okay, well, big questions have come to an end now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, (laughs) thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Thanks again. You too. Bye. In the future.